Okay, it's Monday night. I'm trying to do all this today because tomorrow I have to go, I have to teach half day in college, and then I have to go to Passaic, I guess, for a chasana, for Zev Rayden's wedding. So uh, let me see what I can do today. Uh, talk about Taftoro, which is being sponsored, among others, by our good friend Gideon, Gideon Miller in, in, in Texas, in Houston. Thank you very much. And... Um, we have Parsha Zachodesh this week, <coughs> which is uh, <coughs> one of the four parches, but the Haftorah is the most obscure, um, and it's a Dover Yedua, because, uh, and I've done this in the past, and I'm sure if you're interested, listen to what I did last year and the year before, um, which I remember vaguely, vaguely, but he's got all kind of weird carbonists that are not mentioned in the Chumash and all kind of ceremonies that don't seem to fit together with the Chumash. And, um, yeah, here, let me just see a, 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 a Pasuk or two. You know, go to where he says, I think, instead of an Ola, there's a Chathos and Rosh Chodesh, or something like that. And, Sheba Simei Chag Yasser Ola Hashem, Sheba's Parim, Sheba's Elam, Chatsir Ayam, well, that works. Um, what do you do over here? He has, you know, um, funny carbonos for us on Nasi He's got the figure of the Nasi. Here it is. Uh, Nasi is going to offer, I guess, on Pesach, I suppose. A parchatos. I mean, what is that? Um, it ain't nechumish. And there are a number. Th- this is a classic parsha where the prophet Yecheskel has all kind of stuff that doesn't jive with the chumish. And as many know, uh, Yecheskel is one of the controversial books that they bixu ligno say for Yecheskel that they didn't want to keep it around because uh, they figured that. People get confused by it and might contradict the Chumash by it, even though they knew Yecheskel's a real Navi, he's a front guy, but they were worried about misunderstanding. Um, I know I talked about this in the past, I don't want to just repeat myself. You know, the Anshayi Sigdol is supposed to have canonized the Bible, or at least began the process of doing that. And once upon a time, we had thousands of books in scroll form in the first temple period. They had Jews had an organized civilization, a literate civilization, and you had Navi's that make, you know, uh, written uh, records of their prophecies, real ones and false ones, and we only have like a tiny, tiny bit. And the way we understand it in Orthodox Judaism is there was some kind of control commission that set itself up and like ex- uh, exercised censorship and got rid of uh, unilaterally a lot of the old material and left only what we have today, and we call those the Anshay Knesset Dola. So they have great standing and authority in traditional Judaism. That makes the Tanakh that we have today what it is. It's a very small selection from a veldt of writings that must have existed once upon a time. But at the beginning of the Second Temple period, roughly speaking, Ezra and Achaim and those guys, Mordechai and uh, Yecheskel maybe, um, you know, they, they uh, took a look at all the writings and they said, you know, we're going to issue an official Bible. And whatever's not in it is farm chitonium, and don't read it, and you should destroy it. 
And they did a pretty doggone good job because we don't really have the stuff they got rid of. And imagine a grand Pesach cleaning like my wife did yesterday in my office or, you know, like you do in your house. You just throw out a lot of stuff. You know, it's just gone. And they declared what they left behind, what they included to be Kadosh and uh, and not the other things. It was also to read them. Now, you and I know the books they got in because that's what we use for the Tanakh. 24 books of the Tanakh. I'm not referring to the Chumash, of course, but I'm talking about the post-Chumash. Uh, but we do not know, by and large, the books that were not allowed in the Tanakh. You know what I mean? Uh, the prophecies of Gugamanga, the, the, the Navi. Maybe there's some dude named Gugamanga. I don't know, you know, it was a big Navi. For all I know, bigger than Yeshayo. Who knows? But we're not. the Gemara says there's Keflam, Kiyotz, and Mitzrayim. It was like a million Nevi'im. And even if it's an exaggeration, I mean, it was a lot of Nevi'im. But we don't know who they anything about them. So, we do know, as far as I'm aware, we get something of an idea of the process by looking at the controversial books, because there's a number of books that said, Big Shulignos is safer there, but in the end, they didn't, because we have it today. So I'm sure I said this last year, or a year before, so you can... Listen, I don't want to repeat myself, but Yecheskel is one of them. And Yecheskel, because it's, you know, because uh, Saucer Divri Torah or something like that, didn't stim with what you find in the Chumash. And uh, our Haftorah today is just funny. Which Haftorah, Parshish Chodesh, which is so prominent, you know, the four Haftorahs are very prominent. The Dafka picked a very confusing one because Yecheskel talks about some kind of Passover. They'll be there in the third temple. Since he's talking about a Nasi and a base Hamigdash in the book of Ezekiel, which does not conform with the dimensions of the Bayashani, therefore it must be the Bayashlishi, that's the idea. And as you and I know, there has been no Bayashlishi yet. And so it's a vision, a prophecy, and uh, it's very confusing. And Chazal say very famously that they want to get rid of it, but some guy went and, uh, and wrote a Pirus, shall we say to reconcile it with the Chumash. No, he saved it, and for that reason, they uh, kept the book of Yecheskel. However, the irony is as follows, and I'll read you Rashi, talks about this in a second. <clears throat> the irony is as follows. You have a book called Yecheskel, from which we're going to read Haftorah, chapter 45 and 46. Okay. You yourself are telling me, Chazal, that the book is very misleading and very confusing, and can lead you off the derech. That's what you're telling me. Then you say, there exists a pirish which kosherizes it. And he sat in a room with uh, all kind of oil, and he, and he, and he worked real hard, and, w- and was able to reconcile convincingly what it says in the Chumash on the one hand with what it says in the Cheskel on the other hand. So then what you're telling me is like this. The book itself is problematic. But if you have the art scroll, then it's okay. You see, like that. If you have what Hanani, Bechiski, and Gorian, whatever his name was, you know, uh, put out, uh, let's see, 2,500 years ago or less, 2,000 years ago, you know, whenever he lived. Okay, if you have that safer or you have the content of that safer orally or otherwise, then it's okay. So, like I said before, don't get, it's like somebody saying, to, so somebody was very from. 
they say, don't get Shirashim. Oh, you can get the art school one because they because they give you the firm translation. You know, they don't translate Shirashim. So you're saying as long as you have the art school one, it's okay. Otherwise, it's not okay. And, and then it turns out we do not have. It has not survived this art school translation or profit or interpretation. What Chanan the Gorim put together, excuse me, composed, is lost. I don't have it. So then, if that's the case, Yecheskel, the book of Yecheskel should be put on ice. And it should be, you're not allowed to read it, and all that stuff. We're waiting until Mashiach comes or whatever, and then we'll bring that safer or that accounting that can reconcile the two, and then it'll be kosher again, so to speak. But you and I know that's not what happened. Yecheskel's in there naked without any pirish. And therefore, it's problematic because we don't know how to explain why they have extra carbonus on, on Rosh Chodesh, extra carbonus on, on um, Pesach. I think they skipped Shavuos. It's all kind of, you know, mess with these chapters. Okay? Now, Rashi, for example, I just opened this at random, in the middle of our Parsha where it says, the Osahanosi Bayamahu, there's somebody called the Nasi. Is that the coin? Carl, is that the king? Who is it? You know? And the Nasi is a major figure in this uh, chapter which I discussed at length last year, he says, for some reason, I remember, uh, you know, someone we did last year on this, it's gone for a par. And Rashi, I'm reading Rashi on that Pasuk, says, The words in Cheskel contradict or don't go together with what says Nechomish. Bram Zachor Latov Chanani Mechisi Ben Gurian but then came along this Hanani uh, scholar, and he was able to draw. He was able to darshan it, which means to be miyashev all the stiras. But Rasha, but we don't have it, and in the Gemara, it's not recorded exactly what how he reconciled these. Okay, par bar bosser benisin loma. I mean, what's the par doing? On the 14th of Nisan, I've heard of a carbon Pesach. I've heard of a uh, carbon Tomid, you know. What's the par as a public ceremony? So Rashi, therefore himself, has to try to say, purely by way of guesswork, Maybe this will be, an, a, by the way, of a of an inauguration uh, carbon, like you had with the and all the rest when they inaugurated the Mishkan, when they inaugurated the Bayes Rishon, when they inaugurated Ezra's time to Bayesheni, and all that, you had a couple of unusual carbonus. So maybe this is happening on that day. So this sort of parallels uh, the, the sacrifice of Aaron and Parsha Shmini. And different apostles telling you, if you didn't do it on the eighth day of the Milum, do it on Erev Pesach. I mean, it's, Rashi himself would say it's a guess. It's a schwer. You understand? And therefore, from the historic point of view, it's an interesting case that Judaism did accept the Book of Cheskel in all these parts. Now, for all I know and for all you know, maybe the original Book of Cheskel was twice as long or ten times as long. When we say the Anshik and Esedol, it was accepting a book into the canon, 
Love Dafka that it's in the exact same form that we have it today. Could be that they cut and paste and cut and paste. And, you know, for all I know, maybe the book of Shmuel was longer than it is today. But in the wisdom of Don Shesekdola and, and their successors, they felt these stories have some kind of a Musar value, as the Mar calls it, Nevoah Shetzrichladoros. And those stories do not. As a historian, as archaeologists, we, we cry bitterly. We said we'd like to know the more information. But, uh, you know, because like I always say, the modern person is interested in whether Moshe Rabbeinu like Wheaties or, or, or Cheerios. Doesn't make that big of a difference. It would just be interesting to know. You know, did he like, you know, brown shoes or black shoes? It's not going to make or break the Ten Commandments. I'm just interested because that's a modern historical sensibility. I'd like to know about the person. But our ancestors were the opposite. Who cares about these little details? Only the briefest amount of information and which has eternal value is of interest to them. And that's all you and I have left. There's no way to go back and find what the original context was. Now the Gemara says, very famously in Menachos, <coughs> in Memhe, they're talking about all this uh, different stuff there to bring up... Um, the the uh, story of Hanani Bechiskia and all that. And in the course of this, they're darshing the different psukim because, uh, you know, it's it's Perktreles, and so they're interested in various sorts of carbonas, whether or not whether or not the Parham and the island of Kvasim Sirim or Makvinzes or not. You have a lot of Mishnahs in Menachas is A, Ma'akiv B. No, there's no for to B. Do you need A or vice or, or not really? And uh, I'll say it again, you know, they, they bring a lot from Yecheskel, and in the course of it, it says, um, it says one of the psukim in, in our parsha, where it says, right? And, you know, means it sounds like karmakatas, and the Gemara says it should be an Ola. So, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, you're Rabbi Yochanan, you're right. Parsha zu Eliyahu asid ledorsha. No, I don't know what he's talking about. You gotta wait for Eliyahu. Rashi says Parsha zu diyecheskel. In other words, the one that you and I are going to read this Shabbos in Shul for the Torah, Parsha Chodesh, which corresponds to chapters forty-five and forty-six, Book of Ezekiel. I know that the chapter headings are gaiish from the Christians. That is true, but at least it's convenient. We, we, we know what information we're talking about. So the Parsha Zu, Rashi says, Eliyahu see the Darsha, the Ad Shiyavu Eliyahu Fiyavrashan Alonu, ain't on a Yodim Ladarsha. So Rashi is explaining Rabbi Yochan to say, we don't know. I'm waiting for Eliyahu Navi to come to explain this. You see? And I'm looking here at the bottom in the Iyunim and the Steinsaltz, because he always crunches together very nicely, the Mepharshim, and he says, I'm a fan of that, and he says, Shal Harajba, there's a Chubas Harajba in this. Madua Dafke Eliyahu Navi, this is cute when I'm about to read you. So he says, Madua Dafke Eliyahu Navi, who's there, Shal Salafari Shesha, Psukim Hamukshim Shabbasavi Cheskel. Why do you say that we're waiting for Eliyahu Hanavi? Dafke him. Follow Yecheskel Navi Atmo. Why don't you, when, when it comes to Chesamesim, Yecheskel will come back and ask him, as they say, from a horse's mouth, you don't want to make this. This this prophecy, what did you mean? Shalom Tchin Samesim. The Hizbir, Shevshel, so the Rajva is Mazbir, Evshel, Yo, Anavi, Yakdim, Viyavakonim Tchin Samesim. 
So, <laughs> this is cute. We all say Eliyahu Navi is coming before the Mashiach. Three days before the Mashiach, right? And as I'm trying to um, get across in the Summum Bonum series that I'm doing, uh, there's no clarity on when the Tchis Mason will happen. The Rambam is inclined to this way, the Rambam says another way, another one says a third way. We don't know exactly when Tchis Mason. So Zakta Rajba, maybe Eliyahu will come and precede the Tchis Mason. So in other words, Eliyahu will show up, and only afterwards will come to Tchiz HaMesim. Kvar Ozi's Pasha B'Sukim Shemukshim Sevi Chesko. So if El Yoha Navi comes tomorrow, the Rajah says, see how wild this is? So I don't have to wait till Yechesko rises again in resurrection. I'll ask El Yoha. He knows everything. He says, what's up with these weird B'Sukim in Yechesko? You see? Um, and after Zman Hazer, Konut Tchiz HaMesim, Yoch El Yoha, Lizgal Zachachem Echachem Yisroel, Olufarshem Lo. Or it may mean, <coughs> if you want a more rationalistic version of this story, not that this is a rationalistic story, Elio, and I'll be coming back. You know why it's Elio, right? Because he didn't die exactly. He went up to ch- heaven in a chariot of fire, which, of course, is not literal, and therefore he was translated to another existence since he didn't undergo typical death, so therefore he's not bound by being in the world of death and he can come back. It's a little bit along the lines of what I spoke last week. Uh, with the Rambam, with the Tchiasamesim and all that sort of thing, uh, with the, um, uh, yeah, with the Ganadin. But anyway, you see how wild this stuff is? Got away for Elio, Asla Darsha. Now, the plain meaning of that, I, I'm, I just told you one shot. Plain meaning of that is you have to wait until the coming of the Prophet Elijah. Okay, a different way of understanding that, perhaps a more sophisticated way, is, um, you can see, uh, what do you call it? Where is it? <sighs> Wanted to read it to you in English. In the art school, Rabbi Eisman's thing he did, I think it was 4417, I believe. This is all in 44, 45, 46. And one second. Uh, no, it'll be a different Madrega. You get it? A different Madrega. Hold on. He goes off the morale. I don't want to do the morale. Uh, well, I'll tell you two out loud. When he says it's going to be for Elio and Novi's time, he means the world when Elio and Novi comes. It's, it's, it's uh, Los Lavo. And then the Metzius will be different, and it'll be the death of death, and there'll be uh, a different level of cognition, and we're all going to be in a different Madrega to understand things that make no sense now, and then, Darsha, meaning in, in the time of uh, Eliyahu, then, you know, with a new set of understanding, you'll be able to understand it. Well, that's kicking the can down the road, I mean, that's what it is, but what's he supposed to do? You know, it doesn't make sense based on uh, the halachas that we have in the Chumash. Uh, we're not going to say the Chumash is, is wrong. And so, we're, you know, we're trying to, to figure out, here Here it goes. Uh, here, Yochanan felt that the matter must be left to Elio, who explained a future date, according to the Malbim. Now, he, I didn't see this in the Malbim, but the Malbim would explain 
This means that Rabbi Yochanan anticipated a new world order for Messianic times, when a new halacha would apply to the circumstances of heightened spirituality. And Radak based himself in this commentary. Now that's a very controversial issue. Um, is are the halachas or the mitzvahs or anything like that lossy level going to be in the Scottish? Are there going to be a new set of laws and mitzvahs? Uh, and that has two sides to it. Are you getting more than two? Are you having mitzvahs? That's one question. And the other, are you going to get rid of any of the current mitzvahs? There's a tosis and Nita talks about this. There is a school of thought, but it's bitterly contested uh, in Jewish thought. It's not part of the summum bonum. That's why I haven't gone into it. It's one of those weird parshas, which made me miss this uh, Batalus Lossy level. You understand? Um, I suppose it means it, it, it's a very complex subject because at the Pashib shot level, you can say, yeah, you know, misses that are based on the idea that you might, you know, end up doing this or that. Well, in Lossy level, you won't want to do this, that. You'll be more enlightened. Therefore, you don't have to do that mitzvah. But that's only taking the mitzvah at the basic kind of uh, shot level. But we believe that mitzvahs have deeper levels as well. And whatever form they they, they, they constitute now, the form will stay because it's really servicing a higher and more spiritual level. Now, I hope I didn't confuse you with that. But I know what I just said. I don't know if you do. But I think so. I think you know what I mean. And therefore... One way to get out of the conundrum is to say that the Carbonus and things like that, since they're talking about the third temple, the third temple is not going to be built so push it. And here's this, a, another you know conflict. Talk about problems of the current state of Israel. There are people who like to blow up the mosque right now, rebuild it by Shlishi right now. But these Mafarshim are not. They, you know they don't see it like that. They see coming in some part of miraculous process of. Be a Mashiach, and um, in that context, the Messias of the world will change. I mean, nature will be different, life will be different. It's not going to be the same thing you have now. Just you don't have to work. Uh, it's like I always say: if somebody wins the, the the Powerball lottery, they think where they are right now. They say, "Well, I'll be exactly what I am now. Just I can quit the job. You know what I mean? I'll have a leisure time or something like that." No, it'll completely transform you. So if that's true of something as stupid as money, imagine when there'll be a different ruchnius. Your whole way of looking and understanding things and appreciating things and disapproving of things will be different. And in that world, you'll understand why there's a parachatos on this particular day, even though the Chumash wasn't talking about that. The Chumash, as written, was talking about the world before perfection kicks in. But when you have the Mashiach time and all the rest of it, or Lossi Lobo in whatever sense, you have Tchis HaMesim, as I just said before, depending on how you interpret that, uh, then parts of the Torah, which makes no sense to you now, will become evident. So, Chanan Bechisim and Gurian apparently was Miyashavit either along those lines or not. But that was one famous opinion. Parshazu Eliyasi Ladarsha. Now, Ravashi disagreed, and Ravashi said no. Uh, it's what I told you before. It was an inauguration. Anything you see in our Haftorah tomorrow that the Carbonas don't match with what we usually talk about has to do with the fact that there'll be inaugural ceremonies in the Bayashlishi. And just as we find unusual inaugural Miloim, inaugural ceremonies in Carbonas, um, which are one time deals in the 
by in Mishkan and the Bais Rishon and Bais Sheni, so you'll have then a Bais Shlishi as well. But it won't be the typical. The typical will be with what you have in the Chumash. So that chart in the back of the Arthur Chumash will be still relevant, even the Messianic era. Uh, so I have concentrated this today to show you that this coming uh, 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 Parshas, um, uh, HaChodesh, you know, usually it's pretty boring to the average person because it's always different carbonas and these procedures being the Bayesh Lishi. But I would advise you, if you're interested in what I'm saying over here, to bring to Shul, you know, depending who you are, you either bring a Mikras Gedos or get the art scroll or something like that and follow through. You'll see that the Mepharshim all over the place on this and, uh, and huge issues, uh, controversial issues in Judaism were raised um, were, were raised on, on, on all the, uh, this stuff. Uh, again, I'm just looking at um, <coughs> at the Arsenal <coughs> edition of the of the what he called um, of Yecheskel, and he has, for example, Radak's approach. The idea of any change in the midst that seems surprising. In light of the Rambam saying that the Torah will never change. Um, although that doesn't really have to mean that there can't be new insights in the Messianic era, not in my opinion, anyway. And he goes on that, uh, you know, careful reading of a doc shows you that uh, he does not agree with this. And uh, on the other hand, some Talmudic passages seem to imply that there will be changes in Shemir Simits that we know them. See the Maris highest to need a sixty-one B. That's what I told you. That's the Tosas over there, and the Raja defends it. When you look at the Rishonim on this, they were very much on guard against it because the base of Christianity was that the mitzvahs betelos lossy level, or in other words, with the coming of Yashka. Uh, that is, you know, Judaism strongly took issue with. That's an understatement, and therefore you'll find the general tendency among the Mefarshim is to reinforce the idea that the mitzvahs are here yesterday, t- today, and tomorrow will never change. But if you push them, and you squeeze them, and you ask about Yechezkel, and you start talking about Elion Novi, and you talk about Yemosa Mashiach, and Tchiyas HaMesim, and Gan Eden, and Olam Haba, and all those other different planes of existence, then you'll find that Mepharshim were willing to entertain the idea that, you know, just like the world will radically change, um, so some misses will, will will look different. Maybe will be different. Um, you and I today, I'm going to sound funny when I'm saying this, if it's true, either the global warming is baloney or it's not baloney. But if it's not baloney, it looks like the world that we're in, I don't know when, is going to radically change, you see? And, you know, things we used to do and take for granted are not going to be part of the reality anymore. Um, how will the Torah look when you know, life is, is so radically different meteorologically uh, in terms of uh, seasons. is going to affect how human beings, you know, interact with each other. Uh, in other words, change looks like it's coming down the road. We don't know what the Torah's impact on the change and vice versa is going to be. These uh, mega issues, they're not small issues, are raised by the fascinating but troubling Haftorah of Parsha Chodesh that we're going to be reading this Shabbos. Again, thanks Gideon uh, for sponsoring this. And uh, as I say, I'm off tomorrow to a Chasana, and uh, I'm going to get back tomorrow night, and then we'll see if we can proceed for the rest of the week.